G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, on a Monday, we always like to catch up with the Australian Christian Lobby with perspectives on the political agenda from the weekend and towards the coming week. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, back with us again today. Hello, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Always good to be with you. Uh, Martin, oftentimes on a Monday, we'll talk about the latest poll results. Uh, There are some significant things to just draw attention to today. Of course, the news poll is out. Uh, Bill Shorten down as preferred leader again, uh, but Labor up on the two-party preferred stakes. Uh, What are your thoughts on the latest developments? Well, it's an unfortunate feature of modern politics, isn't it, that everything is driven by sort of fortnightly polls. Um, and there's always, a, uh, everything becomes about political expediency, where the government's trying to keep the numbers up and trying to keep the sugar hit going. And I actually think John Howard gave a speech that I was at a little while ago, and he, he lamented this and said it's really changed the way politics works um, and changed the, the long-term view uh, that politicians used to have, um, which I, I think must be somewhat true. But it's interesting when you look at the reporting on these polls. Um, uh, they can be reported in different ways. So, I mean, the news poll that came out yesterday shows that uh, Bill Shorten's approval rating uh, has gone up a little, but that in two-party preferred terms, the uh, results are exactly as they used to be. So the coalition trails Labor 52 to 48, which is exactly what it was two fortnights ago, back to square one, as if the budget never happened. But when it's reported in the media, they'll say shorten dropping, shorten's approval rating drops. Uh, but it's actually bad news for the government because the approval rating's not really the thing that wins an election. It's that two-party preferred number that wins an election, and it's the primary vote uh, numbers that are important for the election. So um, it's reported a particular way. I suspect there's some in the media who are getting the knives out for Bill Shorten uh, because there was another article this morning saying Albanese more <laughs> more preferred Labor leader. So I, I think I think there might be a little bit of a lobby group going on for Anthony Albanese. Who knows if Bill Shorten will survive? Um, that's what I'm taking from this. But as for the government, I'd say that it's business as usual and they, they haven't been able to get their message to cut through at all. Well, for Bill Shorten, it's the longest run of negative satisfaction ratings for any opposition leader dating back to 1985. So uh, so well, a, a headline like that, uh, Knives Out for Bill Shorten, may not be something that would be unusual given that's the case. Listen, the, the corporate tax cuts, uh, do you think that has... Uh, some bearing on how the opinion polls may be uh, changing a little because 63% of Australians backing corporate tax cuts, uh, one-third think they should be implemented a little earlier. Do you think that's got any bearing on on how people feel about uh, the polls? I think that that probably had some bearing on um, the Coalition's very slight recovery right after the budget. Um, It's just interesting that that recovery has... Uh, it's, it's mixed now. I mean, the two-party preferred vote's gone back to where it was, so the coalition doesn't have any advantage there. But, of course, Bill Shorten's dropped. So maybe it is that. Maybe he's seen as... Maybe he's taken the wrong move on this and people are, are upset with it. It's just so hard to tell now. And I say that because I'm not sure I can remember a time when people have been more disengaged 
with politics. Uh, there's a problem that takes place that's well, a well-known political phenomenon that sometimes the electorate just stops listening. And once they've just stopped listening, it's very, very hard to re-engage them. And so you can throw out the greatest policies in the world or you can make the biggest blunders in the world. And the poll doesn't shift that much, and it hasn't, because people just don't care anymore. The people are fed up with politicians, they're fed up with politics. That's a very tricky environment um, for the government to do anything uh, and to get any claw, claw back any kind of uh, results. Um, so I think actually that's where we're at. I think that the electorate's not listening and that the, the movements in the polls are going to, on the whole, be very small. Let's cast our eyes across the seas to Ireland uh, for a few moments because my heart sank when I heard uh, mm-hmm. that there was a, a vote that was uh, quite significantly in favour of legalising abortion in Ireland. Uh, how did you feel about that result that we heard from the Irish over the weekend? Well, it's it's sad because when you look at the international uh, situation on a lot of these issues, you, you can often find countries that are standouts. Um, and in relation to the abortion issue, there have been a couple of standout countries in the world. Ireland's been one of them. I think I think probably only Malta would give Ireland a run for its money as the most pro-life country in the world, maybe Poland as well. Um, and that is because Ireland has, for well, a very long time, had in its constitution what's called the Eighth Amendment, which protects the right to life of unborn children. Uh, and therefore, there's been limitations on what kind of abortion laws. It's not that they can't have abortions in Ireland. There's just been a limitation on the kind of abortion laws that they can have. I've actually got my laptop open in front of me, and the Eighth Amendment's very short. It just says, the state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn and, with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother, guarantees in its laws to respect and, so far as is practicable, by its laws to defend and vindicate that right. So it's about being practical. It's saying, as far as practical, we, we want to protect the right to life of child and mother. It's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, and there's been referenda on having it removed in 1983, 92 and 2002. They all failed, but unfortunately the one that was concluded yesterday, the fourth referenda, passed overwhelmingly. So it was almost exactly two-thirds in favour to one-third against repealing that amendment. So, And the messaging, the political messaging around that campaign was vote to liberalise abortion, you know, cast off the constraints on what we can do in the realm of abortion. And an abortion bill was promised to be brought into the parliament if the vote was successful. I found it confronting to see scenes of, you know, wild celebration uh, and that kind of thing breaking out in Ireland because the vote was essentially to liberalise their laws around killing their children. I mean, there's there's no nice way to put it. Um, And we live in a time when there are better ways than abortion. Even Michelle Laurie on the project, she uh, she's obviously she's of of that political persuasion where she's pro-abortion, pro-choice. Um, and not pro-life, but uh, she said recently uh, on that program, she said she wishes that there was never another abortion in the world. She hates the fact that abortion exists, but she thinks that it is sadly necessary. Now, that, to me, is is, is a position that I can sort of understand, uh, because, but, but, but to celebrate abortion, to say it's a wonderful thing, this, because it's cruel to an unborn child. Unborn children feel pain from a very young age. It's cruel to women. Uh, because of the loss and the grief that they experience and, and the ongoing trauma that it leads to. Uh, it's a cruel thing. It's a terrible thing. Uh, and even if somebody is, pro, is, is uh, pro-abortion, um, it strikes me that they should uh, also consider that abortion is, is a tragedy. 
um, even if they are pro-abortion, that seems to be reasonable. But to watch a nation celebrate so wildly the, the, the loss there, or the, the victory there for the, the pro-abortion campaign, is, I found confronting and sad. Well, it's welcome to the slippery slope to the Irish because uh, while they're starting off uh, with some legislation that will soon be introduced, as I understand it, uh, they're likely to uh, seek abortion to be allowed for the first 12 weeks of pregnancy and they won't be allowed post-24 weeks. Uh, No protections now for the unborn in Ireland. Uh, However, their laws are likely to be much tighter than places like uh, here in Australia, in Victoria or Tasmania and, uh, oh, yeah. and New South Wales too. Yes, absolutely. Look, um, Australia has some of the worst in the world by far. What people don't realise is that if you even go to places like Europe, and let's say progressive Europe, because that, that is the case in places like the Netherlands and France and Germany and Belgium, uh, you know, these are very progressive nations socially. Uh, but it, what people don't realise is that their abortion regimes are very, very different to ours. They often include cooling off periods. So if a woman seeks an abortion, she has to think about it for six days before they go through with it. They include mandatory referrals to counselling, including counselling that is aimed at saving the life of the child. Is the language, I think, in the German code. Um, I might have got that wrong, but it's one of them. Um, and there's various safeguards built throughout. And it's very unusual in Europe to find anywhere that allows um, open slather abortion after 12 weeks. There's quite a lot of limitations. And then, of course, you've got the outliers of Poland and Malta where it's all but illegal. Um, so people don't realise that actually the United Kingdom, Australia, parts of America and Canada are the outliers on this. And of those, Australia is, is, is right up there with the absolute worst, particularly in Victoria. It's challenging, isn't it? Uh, there's lots of things to talk about, Martin. Let's uh, let's uh, cast our eyes to Victoria, where there's been a push on for some time uh, to uh, present a bill in the Victorian Parliament to tax churches. It's been voted down. Uh, this is a move by Fiona Patton uh, to remove uh, what is called advancement of religion from the Charity Act or for charitable purposes. What are your thoughts on what's happened in Victoria? I think it represents a seismic cultural shift. And just to explain um, uh, for the listeners, uh, when you create an entity, it can become a charity by virtue of it having a purpose to advance religion. Um, now, uh, lots of entities have that purpose. Churches obviously have that purpose, um, but also primarily various religious organisations. So uh, you may indeed start up a Christian school and you want to advance religion through the school or the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, might be something that advances religion along with other purposes. You can nominate more than one. But just to say that there is a religious ethos to this organisation, and that that's very, very common in the charity sector, very, very, very common, because most charities used to, and many continue, uh, to be established by religious groups, by church denominations and churches and Christian people. Uh, and so it used to be enough to nominate the advancement of religion. And the reason why that was enough is because the charities law says uh, that if your if your organisation exists for a public benefit, then it can be a charity. And for a long time, I mean hundreds of years actually, the law has said advancement of religion is a public benefit. It's something that is beneficial to society. It's something that's beneficial to the public. Now, Fiona Patton is an upper house member uh, in the Victorian Parliament. She's currently uh, a member of the Reason Party, which is a rebrand of what was the Sex Party. Uh, and they have uh, been running a long-time campaign to delete religion from the charity's laws, to say that religion is not a public benefit, it does not create any social good, therefore it does not deserve charitable status. That's the meaning of what's going on here. 
Um, it, and uh, I think we haven't heard the last of that. That's something that's going to go on much more. It lost because it was deemed, you know, there's rules where you can't actually introduce a bill in the upper house to increase taxes, which is what the effect of this was going to have because charities would have to pay more tax. Uh, so it failed. But uh, she's still lobbying. And I'd say we haven't heard the last on this issue. There's going to be a lot more lobbying around removing tax exemptions for the church, removing charitable status for the church. And uh, in no doubt, uh, cashing in on some of the negative church sentiments that are about in Australia at the moment. Of course, uh, uh, religious freedom, uh, we're still waiting on those uh, public uh, recommendations that have been passed on to the government. No doubt there'll be lots of discussions going on behind closed doors. But in New South Wales, Martin, uh, a religious freedom bill introduced by the Christian Democratic Party. Yeah, look, this is pretty good. Um, uh, the Christian Democratic Party have introduced this uh, this bill essentially to... Uh, it's not quite religious freedom. What it does is it says it makes it illegal to discriminate against somebody on the basis of their religion. So there's anti-discrimination laws in every country. For some reason in New South Wales, religion is not included. So you can discriminate against somebody on the basis of their religion, and there's no legal sort of nowhere to go in law. You get fired from your job because you're a Muslim. Uh, the Discrimination Act in New South Wales doesn't protect you, which is odd because that, that's not the case in, in, in nearly all of the other states. So the CDP, the Christian Democratic Party, have introduced a bill to plug that hole, which is a great thing. It's gone a bit further, though. Uh, it has, uh, it, it, it's much more robust than the other states. So it does actually grant people the right to, um, particularly in the wake of the same-sex marriage vote, um, continue to live out and express their convictions around issues like marriage, gender, sexuality, and not be discriminated against for doing that. So you can't discriminate against them in their employment or their qualifications of any kind uh, and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a good it's a good thing. Um, it's not the solution to the same-sex marriage issue. We now have a situation. I mean, we have a situation where. Um, our beliefs on marriage and so forth are, are actually against the law because the law's changed to say that marriage is something else. So there's a whole lot of religious freedom issues that flow out of that, and that's why the Ruddock Review exists, and we're going to hear that report uh, in a few weeks from the federal government. But this deals with a small part of that issue. It deals with the discrimination element, and that's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. So if people are in New South Wales in particular, they may want to get in and see what they can do to, to, to support, to uh, contact their local uh, upper house member, lower house member there and see uh, whether they can put in their support for this bill. Uh, Martin, one more issue because uh, while we're talking about all these things, New South Wales, there's been an abortion uh, clinic exclusion zone bill. It has passed the upper house. Uh, only one more hurdle back to the lower house again and it uh, could be law again in New South Wales. Uh, that's pretty significant too, isn't it, uh, in line with some of the other states? Yes, look, it is, it's significant because... These exclusion zones, which are essentially bubble zones, uh, 150 metres radius that, that go around abortion clinics, and depending on the state, sometimes medical clinics and other, other locations as well. And it says uh, in the law that you can't communicate on the subject of an abortion uh, in a way that can be seen or heard within those zones. So what it does is it actually gets rid of sidewalk counsellors. Um, and we, uh, I know some sidewalk counsellors who have done a tremendous Christian ministry through offering help to women who are going into clinics. Uh, and have seen, in one case, um, a woman called Kathy Club in Victoria. She's seen more than 300 babies born alive as a result of her quiet sidewalk counselling. Now, these bills make that unlawful. 
but of course that's not how they're marketed. They're marketed as saying, oh, we're stopping people from harassing women, we're stopping people from obstructing women, etc. Now, uh, there's precious little evidence that that actually happens. Uh, and if it did happen, the existing law is sufficient, uh, police powers are sufficient to handle those sorts of problems. Uh, so these laws, they're not necessary in that regard, but there is a broader political agenda to stop sidewalk councillors who do stand near some clinics. But the interesting thing is that those laws are being challenged in our High Court, no less, um, uh, from Victoria and from Tasmania, uh, which are the other two states that have them. So uh, that's very uncertain. Uh, those, ca- that, if those cases will be heard later this year in the High Court and the laws may be deemed constitutionally invalid. Um, and yet uh, the Upper House in New South Wales went ahead with this. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, it's, it's premature, but it's being actually driven by the nationals. Um, Patty Sharp is a Labor ML, um, a Labor member of Parliament. She introduced the bill. But the nationals, the junior coalition partner in New South Wales, have forced the government to allow a conscience vote on it, which is interesting. And for listeners in New South Wales, it is interesting to note that if you look at the voting history of the nationals, you will find them to be, and this is surprising, uh, as socially progressive as the Greens. Um, And I I say that advisedly. Um, There's all sorts of things that they've pushed there. And not all of them are, but most of them are. And they're being a really strong socially progressive force. Uh, on the government in New South Wales. Uh, I'm not sure how it happened because the Nationals aren't usually like that, but that is the situation in New South Wales. It's a little different in New South Wales. And while we're talking bubble zones and not being able to engage with people entering abortion clinics, uh, interesting that the Liberal MLC Taylor Martin uh, quoted in the media today who opposed the bill saying that outlawing discussions on abortion inside the zone could prevent even family members from engaging in a last-minute conversation about what's about to take place. So just as you think this is something that deals with people who are religious fanatics on the street, every family member is affected by a bubble zone law. We have run out of time. Just great getting your insights as always. Martin Isles, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, where there's lots of great resources and articles about some of these issues we're talking about today. Martin, thanks for joining us again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.